We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 60, 670 The Score. Bruce Levine, David Haw here until 11 o'clock, broadcasting live through the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We've had a fun first hour, Bruce. And we are going to continue that conversation where we go out now to the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. That is where we find the fine senior writer for MLB Pipeline on MLB.com. Jim Callis joins us here on The Score. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Looking forward to this offseason, the first official weekend of baseball's offseason. Our attention shifts to places like Arizona, the Arizona Fall League. What has been your experience watching baseball out there in terms of how it relates to Cubs and White Sox fans? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's been great being out here. Um, you know, the, the Cubs actually, uh, for whatever reason, my schedule, I've been out here for about two weeks. It's my last day, actually. I'm heading back tomorrow. But uh, for whatever reason, like our schedule, I think I saw Mesa play about five or six days in a row, and it feels like, Nelson Velasquez hit a home run, their outfield prospect, just about every game I saw him. Last week, uh, the, the Cubs swept the Players of the Week award. Uh, you know, Nelson was the hitter of the week, and then Cale Killian, who was part of Chris Bryant trade, was, was the pitcher of the week. Wow. As far as, yeah, uh, Jim, as far as uh, Velasquez goes, uh, give us a little comp on him, if you can, as to what you see from his uh, skill set. And uh, we do know that um, the, the Cubs here are going to have to add him to the 40-man roster here pretty soon if they, if they are seeing everything that everyone else is seeing as far as what he, he's uh, been able to do in his growth. Yeah, no, I think they will add him to the 40-man roster. I think the deadline is the 19th for that. Um, you know, otherwise, he gets exposed to Rule 5 draft, which I don't think they would do. But, yeah, he's, you know, he's a guy they've liked for a while, Bruce. You know, he's a fifth-round pick out of high school in 2017. He's always been, you know, uh, one of the better raw power guys in their system. He's got bat speed, bat speed and strength and huge exit velocities and kind of inconsistent with his approach. And, you know, I actually talked to him a couple of days ago, and, and I, was, I was really impressed talking to him because, you know, he used the pandemic downtime, which was difficult for a lot of prospects because you know, he wasn't at the alternate site. You know, he was at Instructional League. But, you know, everybody pretty much lost the year development last year for the most part, and he knew – his weakness was hitting breaking balls. So when he, you know, he, he said he worked out six days a week, whole year, 
back in Puerto Rico, and, and he did a lot of hitting in the cage with the pitching machine set to throw in breaking ball after breaking ball so he could see the spin and learn what he could do with them. Um, and he came out, and he's had the best year of his career, and he got better when he went from high A to double A, and he's really hit the ball hard out here. He, he's your classic right field type. He can run a little bit, but he, he's more of a corner guy. But he could be a, a, a you know, I think – you know, he needs to hit a little more consistently, but you could dream that he might be like a 25 home run guy. And he's got a really good arm. He, he, I was not at, at this game, but he threw out two runners in one game from right field. I saw him throw out a runner at the plate in another game. I think he's got five or six outfield assists out here in, in about 12 games in right field. So he's, he, I think he's, you can look at him. And I, I know I, I, I have not been listening to you guys while out here. I know you guys should talk to Brendan Davis today, but I think you can envision a future outfield where. Brennan Davis would be in center, and Nelson Velasquez would be in right. Hmm, that's that's exciting for Cub fans. And then on the mound, Jim, we look at uh, the future with uh, some of the pitchers they have, uh, you know, acquired with all of the flurry of activity that w- Jed Hoyer, you know, completed during the trade deadline. Guys like Caleb Killian, who you mentioned, and Anderson Espinosa. There's a lot of guys now in in this sort of this pile, and you wonder about how quickly they will develop. Can you? It, Who's close? Um, obviously, those guys aren't as, as close as some of the other ones in in the minors, but when the Cubs are talk about their young pitching prospects, do they have reason to feel better than they did six months ago? Yeah, I mean, they acquired some nice arms. I mean, you know, it, it was look, it was a setback this year when, you know, Braylon Marquez didn't throw a pitch and Cole Franklin didn't throw a pitch and some other guys didn't didn't pitch a whole lot. But, you know, I think of all the guys they acquired at the deadline, you know, I think we could see Killian in the big leagues maybe in the second half of next year. Not that, you know, they're not going to contend, and we don't know what the service time rules are going to be. So they don't necessarily need to rush him. But, but Killian's a really polished pitcher um, with good stuff, too. I mean, he has a mid-90s fastball at times. He's got a hard slider. He led the minors in strikeout-to-walk ratio of about 8-1 to this year. And it was kind of funny. He chuckled. I, I interviewed both those guys when they were players of the week. And, and, and Killian chuckled because I don't know if Cubs fans or if you guys even saw his first outing out of here. <laughs> he gave up seven runs and didn't get anybody out. Um, and he's like, yeah, thanks for bringing that one up. But since then, he's given up one run in nine innings, and, and his stuff is back. And, you know, he I don't know if, if Cubs fans are really aware of it because they didn't call a lot of attention to it, but, but the double-A club, had kind of a COVID outbreak at the end of August that he got swept up in. So he lost the last month of the season and really hadn't pitched much when he got down there. He wasn't making excuses, but he's also working on new grips on his changeup and his curveball. And the first day he pitched, he just his stuff was down. He couldn't throw strikes. He got rocked. But he's looked pretty good. I mean, I, I don't think we're talking, you know, future Cy Young Award winner here, but he's a guy who could slot somewhere in, in, in the middle of the rotation. And I think not just of the guys – they acquired in trades, but if you but just overall, if you look at their best pitching prospects, he's probably the one who's closest to being ready for the big leagues. You know, he hasn't pitched in AAA, and I assume he'll get a few months there. But, but like I said, I, I think you could see him at some point at, at Wrigley Field next year. That's Jim Callis. The that's that's who you're listening to on Inside the Clubhouse, along with uh, David Haw and Bruce Levine. We're here for you every week. Talking baseball here on Inside the Clubhouse. And Jim, uh, when you switch over to the White Sox and you look at Yoki Suspedis and uh, see his progress, a guy that uh, the White Sox signed uh, last year, a guy that uh, has had a lot of experience in Cuba, not too much experience here, not too much experience actually playing the last three or four years. Uh, tell us about his progress and where you think he's at. 
Yeah, he's he's a tough one because I mean he was obviously you know famous guy, he's the half brother of Ioannis Espedes. You know they signed him for two plus million dollars. He was he was super hyped, and and at the same time, I mean I think we've talked about him before. You get kind of mixed reports on him as a, as an amateur. You know he he didn't hit that great in Cuba, although he was very young. He didn't hit that great, and then in independent league he was playing him before he defected. And so you have guys who get excited about the raw power and the arm strength, and you get other guys who look at him and say, oh, I'm not really sure he's going to hit. And to his credit, and you mentioned, Bruce, one of the toughest things for, for Cuban players is usually there's some lag time you know, of years between when they defect and when they play. And, again, I mean, you're losing a lot of that bat. So, you know, he had a pretty nice year. You know, he had some injuries. He had some, some visa issues he had to solve at the beginning of the year to, before he could play. And he had a really nice year. You know, I have not seen him look real great down here. He's hitting, uh, like I just called up his stats, he's hitting 212, and he, and he struck out 15 times and walked only once. Um, so I've seen him, chase, you know, the games I've seen him, he, he's, he's chased a lot of pitches, and he's going to have to tighten that up. I mean, there, there is upside to him, no question. I think if you would ask scouts down here who's impressed him the most of the White Sox position players, it would be the shortstop, the middle infielder, Jose Rodriguez, has played really well. He's really young. He's got, he's only 20, got the double A at the end of the year, you know, hit 300 with 14 homers and 30 steals, and he's one of the youngest players down here. But he's, um, you know, he's not, it's, you know, I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe it. It's not wild tools where you're like, oh, he's a plus defender or it's like a, like a you know, like a, you know, 25 home run guy or anything. But he's kind of average to solid across the board. Like, you know, maybe he winds up at short. Maybe he winds up at second. But I, I think Jose Rodriguez, if you ask scouts down here about the White Sox contingent, that would be the guy they'd put their money on as the guy who, who's probably their best position player down here. So, Jim, when you look at Mike or Adolfo, I'm going to ask you a question that's probably been asked the last several off seasons about him. <laughs> what do the Sox do with him? Because they're out of options now. He's been around for a very long time. He had a very big week. Uh, he, he also is coming off a pretty strong season. But I don't know if he's blocked. I don't know if he can make their mind up for them in spring training. What do you expect the Sox to do in their approach uh, with Michael Adolfo? You know, that's a good question. I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't looked at the roster and analyzed, you know, how many, you know, 40-man roster spots they may have to play with. But, you know, I, I'm still a Mike Rodolfo fan. Um, it's funny because, like, I've done the White Sox list for a while. And, you know, I, I don't sense it. I don't think the White Sox are frustrated with him. I just think they're frustrated by the injuries. And, and I mean, this year he played 101 games. And that's only the second time since they signed him back in 2013 that he's ever played 100 games in a season. And then he hit 25 home runs. He's pretty good. I mean, you know, I think – Honestly, nothing would would surprise me with Mike or to be honest with you. I mean, it's just to put him in context. He was one of the top international prospects in 2013, which was the same year that the Cubs signed Eloy Jimenez, who's who's been the big leagues now for a few years. And I, I, if you, like, I, I just look at Mike and if you told me, like, I could see three things happening. If you told me that somehow there were at bats opened up on the White Sox next year, and he played and he had 25 homers because he's got big power, I'd be like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And if you told me he got an opportunity to play and he didn't control the strike zone real great because that's one of his probably his biggest weakness, um, and he struggled to hit and, and, and didn't, you know, didn't make the most of his opportunity, that wouldn't shock me. And, and unfortunately, if you told me he got the chance to play and he got hurt again, because, um, I mean, he's had 
you know, uh, you know, injury, you know, he had Tommy John surgery, he had follow-up surgery, he's had ankle injuries, he's had hamate injuries. If you told me he got a chance to play and he got hurt, I'd be like, damn, you know, poor, poor Mike Cardolfo, that happened again. So I, I, I think there's talent there. Obviously, the White Sox are in a position where, I mean, it's not just, hey, come up and show us what you can do. It's like you need to perform and play. I, I do think there's some talent there. I, I do think it's harder to take position players in the Rule 5 draft if they left him unprotected. But, you know, maybe one the bad. I mean, I, I could see somebody taking him in the Rule 5 draft, too. You know, he's, he's hit for some power at the upper levels. If I'm a, a team, I'll just use the Orioles as an example. The Orioles aren't going to win next year. They're a terrible team. I, I would think about drafting Mike Cardolfo and just giving him 500 at bats because if I'm the Orioles, what do I have to lose? You know, I, I'm, it's not like the White Sox where if he doesn't hit, you can't play him. But I, I, I still think there's something there, David. I, 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 I hope he stays healthy. I don't know if you guys have ever talked to him. But he's 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 really fun to talk to, um, and uh, I just hope he stays healthy and gets a shot because I, I do think there's power and there's big arm strength there too. Jim, give us a, a little uh, bird's eye view, uh, you know, an optic of what uh, the fall league is like this year after, you know, last year in COVID and uh, not a lot of baseball people uh, getting together anywhere. What What is the scene like with uh, general managers, assistant general managers, farm directors? And uh, is it like uh, for you uh, going to uh, Great America again, uh, having such a good time? <laughs> being around uh, these information sources all the time. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's great, Bruce, because I, I tell everybody all the time, my two favorite baseball events to attend are the College World Series and the Arizona Fall League. And, and anybody who's a baseball fan should, should check out the Arizona Fall League because from a fan perspective, it's all the best parts about spring training. Um, you know, you don't have as much access to the players this year because of the COVID protocols, but you usually get to interact with the players. You get to see a lot of good prospects. The weather out here is probably a lot nicer than it is in Chicago right now. Um, you know, there's plenty of stuff to do, and but you don't have any. You know, you don't have to pay spring training ticket prices. You could you you could show up at Sloan Park two minutes before the game or, or Camelback Ranch where the White Sox play and and get a ticket and walk in and park and it's it's great. You know, if you're going through baseball withdrawal, get out of here. But yeah, for me, it's been tremendous. I mean, I, I missed this last year. Um, you know, we've not traveled a lot. You know, on the on the MLB pipeline side of things, MLB.com, and so outside of a couple games at the draft combine, this is the first uh, live games I've seen. You know, watching prospects <laughs> since the pandemic. So I think I've seen. I'm going to games 15 and 16 today um, in, in the last 13 days. And in you know, you mentioned you you run into all kinds of people. I ran into Jim Hendry the other day. I ran into Dave Dombrowski the other day. I'm, I'm name dropping left and right here, but you. <laughs> you you run into all kinds of people, you know. It, it's it's like the beauty of the winter meetings, except you're not stuck in a hotel with you know thousands of people. And, you, and like you said, Bruce, you, you you literally never know when you go up to the park. Oh, who, who am I going to run into? And you know, it's it, I love the fall league, so it's been an absolute joy to be out here, and it's just fun, you know, talking to players and and watching a lot of the better prospects in baseball play. It, it, it's been great. Jim, I want to take advantage of your expertise while we have you, asking you about a couple first-round draft pick shortstops on either side of town. Colson Montgomery, the number one pick from, from the last draft for the White Sox. What is his progress, and, and what have you seen, and what do you like? And Ed Howard, obviously, what's the latest on Ed Howard, the shortstop in the Cubs organization, who is a Chicago guy? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, Colts Montgomery, who you know, we've immediately installed on the top of our White Sox prospect list, you know, he went out and he played about a month in the the Arizona Complex League, which they it still feels weird calling out the ACL. That just doesn't sound right. But um, um, you know, he was fine. He didn't hit a home run. I, I don't think that matters. Like like he went out and he controlled the strike zone well. He didn't look overmatched against pro pitching. Not, not that you thought he would, but I mean, shoot, I mean, Chipper Jones hit 200 in in, in rookie ball, and Derek Jeter didn't play that great in rookie ball. So he came out and he had a nice solid debut. Um, you know, it, the comp you always hear on him is Corey Seager because he's a six foot four left handed hitting a physical high school shortstop. You know, we'll see if he sticks it short and long term. Although, you know, to, I think we say that literally about every big guy. Like, oh, he's going to have for a shortstop. But like, I mean, he was a star basketball player. He's pretty athletic. I'm not saying he's going to be Corey Seager, but, you know, we said the same things about Corey Seager. So he looked really good. And, you know, I think with Ed Howard, you kind of have to give him a mulligan a little bit. You know, he, he did struggle this year in low A. But, the, you know, to, to be fair, in his defense – you know, he had never played pro ball, and the Cubs have a ton of teenage middle infield prospects. And, you know, we, we have fewer minor league teams this year. And so everybody, you know, for them to get playing time, the Cubs had to spread guys out. And some guys were going to have to go to low A to start the season. And I, I think, I, I don't necessarily think, you know, like you would have necessarily said when you drafted at Howard, oh, we're going to send him to low A with no pro experience. Um, you know, but that's what happened. He got off the slow start. You know, talking to scouts, you've seen him. You know, they, you know, they're still very confident in his defense. You know, I, I think, you know, maybe there's some question as to how much he'll hit, but I think he'll hit for average. I think he'll have decent power, and you know, I, I just, I, I give him kind of a mulligan. I mean, he's going to have to tighten the strike zone. It is one of his big things too. But I think it was a, it was a huge ask, and, and the Cubs knew it to ask a kid with, with, you know, to go from Chicago area high school ball. To low A is a huge jump as a teenager, um, you know. And to his credit, you know, he didn't have a great year, but he got you know a little bit better as the season progressed. And he just he, you know he didn't go in a tailspin and hit like 180 and look lost. He kind of battled and, and hung in there the whole year. Jim, as we let you go, David and I really appreciate your time as always and your expertise. Give us one guy in each uh, for each the, the of the White Sox and the Cubs that people should watch going into next year that are, that are in the minor leagues. Uh, you talk about all the great young shortstops at the uh, middle infielders that the Cubs are acquiring and they have picked up and are developing. Give us a bird's eye view of what to look for Cubs and Sox wise. Pick one from each. Yeah. Okay. For the, for the Cubs, I'm going to go with their second round pick who, who they absolutely love. And I've talked to scouts from other organizations who saw him play uh you know out here in, in the arizona league and that, that's james triantos their, their second round pick who signed for 2.1 million which was over slot he was kind of a a late bloomer uh who who you know i'd say about a month before the draft two months before the draft people started like rushing in to see him um and, and this guy can just really really hit you know i i think in the end you know he probably moves off shortstop he, he doesn't have that typical shortstop quickness but I think this guy is going to really hit. There's, there's power in there, too. You know, is he a second baseman? Is he a third baseman? I, I don't know. But I, I, bet, I'll bet, I would bet a year from now, if we talk at this time next year, we're going to be talking about how, how James Triantos, you know, is coming off a really good minor league system. He, he, might, be, he might be the best pure hitter in their system. So, he, so he's a really interesting guy. Um, you know, for the White Sox, I already talked up, um, you know, Jose Rodriguez a little bit. So, so maybe not him. 
you know, I, I, I'd say, you know, another guy who's out here who's, who's interesting and he had a better year than I thought he would this year offensively, I, I don't think he's going to be an all-star. But, but Yolver Sanchez, for a guy who's not ranked real high on prospects list, is really interested in the White Sox system. He's, he's yet another Cuban defector that they've signed. You know, they kind of have a monopoly on those guys. And he was a $2.5 million guy. And what's interesting to me about him is, so when they signed him, you know, the, the reports you got were, you know, uh, you know, he's really good shortstop. Uh, you know, the, the, the glove is, is, you know, his, his ticket. You know, he, he played in Cuba. He was on the 18 international team with Luis Robert. It was like, ah, you know, it's kind of soft contact. He doesn't really drive the ball. Well, you know, he came out this year and he hit, you know, 300. He got the double A. He hit nine home runs. Um, he, was a, he was a better offensive player than people thought. So, you know, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a superstar, but I think he's he's flying under the radar a little bit uh, in the White Sox system. He, he's an interesting guy. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jim Callis MLB. Look for the gorgeous pictures of his golden retrievers. He is the guy <laughs> to follow. He is the, the expert man after my own heart, Jim. Those are great. Those are gorgeous dogs, I have to say, just by the way. I, I love them. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I was going to get in trouble with my wife, and she's listening. I miss my wife, too, but I, but I, have, missed, I have missed the dogs. It's very weird uh, <laughs> being in a hotel room for two weeks. I'm used to working with dogs lying around my feet, and uh, it's, it's, it's very odd. So yeah, if my wife's listening, she is missed as well. But yes, the, the, the dogs are also missed. <laughs> Great stuff. Thanks for everything. Jim Callis, senior writer, MLB Pipeline, MLB.com here on The Score, Bruce. And we have a really uh, another special guest coming up. We will talk with the Cubs Minor League Player of the Year. Brennan Davis joins us on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Brennan Davis, the 1-1, ships it to center, it's deep, it is back, it is to the trees. Brennan Davis with the solo shot, the National League with all the pop this afternoon. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I am David Hall with Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock, and that was the highlight from the Futures game in last summer in July, Brennan Davis 
you heard him being discussed, hit the home run. He had a huge summer for the Cubs, moving through all different levels of the organization, Bruce, South Bend to Tennessee to Iowa, and even had some people getting a little carried away, like myself, who thought, why isn't he in Chicago in September? Would have been nice time to get a cameo to see what the young man can offer, but I think we'll have to wait maybe as soon as April. What do you think in terms of how quickly uh, his ascension may come? Well, you know, he's still a really young man. And only had a portion of uh, AAA. So I, I think a, a little short period in AAA is exactly what he needs. And uh, you know what? Let's get his opinion on that, David. That's a good idea, Bruce. Let's go out to the hotline sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And that is where we find the Cubs minor league player of the year, Brennan Davis. Good morning, Brennan. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. It's Saturday. It's November. It's the beginning of the offseason, the first official weekend of the offseason. Brennan, how are you spending your time now getting ready for 2022? Um, currently decompressing a little bit. <laughs> but just got back in the weight room. We have a, a little camp. I'm, I live in Arizona, so... I get to go to the complex day in and day out, so I, I have that privilege, and it really, it, it's really a blessing because it's so nice to have that kind of convenience and experience in the weight room and all the all the amenities that the Cubs pr- provide. So, I'm really lucky in that aspect. Brennan, uh, we look at your, uh, you know, transitioning from uh, the lowest minor league level all the way to AAA last year, and. Uh, I think when I, I talked to you on the Marquee Network the other day, I, I asked you this question. I'm going to ask you again um, for our radio audience, and that is, what was the difference, the biggest difference you saw as you uh, you advanced to each level? Was it pitching? Was it the strength of guys? Was it the durability? Uh, what 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 was it that was impressed you as uh, the biggest differences as you you progressed up three levels? I mean, there was definitely a big difference in hitters, but that really doesn't pertain as much to me. So I definitely noticed the pitching a lot more and the maturity level of pitchers and the experience and how, how well they command their pitches and know how to get you out. And they the way they attack you just changes each level. So it was kind of like make it an adjustment or don't do well. So you kind of take a step back and you, you really – you take a look at how, how they're trying to attack you and you have to make a game plan each and every day and how you're going to counteract what they're trying to do to you. So, Brennan, you weren't drafted that long ago. You were 62nd overall in the 2018 MLB draft, but I think at each stop along the way, the weight gets shorter before you get to the major leagues. And the questions remain the same. Everybody wants to know, well, what do you think about the, the timetable? When will you be in Chicago I just wonder, how do you handle that as a, as a constant distraction? Because when you have as much talent as you obviously have shown, you get people excited and everybody is anticipating your arrival. So how do you balance that kind of excitement and anticipation with having to focus on the task at hand? Yeah, so I just try to keep a level head. And my biggest thing was having success at every level that I'm at. So 
wherever I'm at or wherever I start, I always want to get to the next spot or, and I just want to be in a position to help the team in Chicago win when I get there. So I'm going to do everything in my, in my capability to be ready and prepared when I get that chance. Brendan, uh, the people in the Cub organization I talk to, uh, they, they certainly talk about your skills and, you know, the tools and everything that we can watch, but they also, uh, they also are really uh, enthused and happy about uh, the makeup of you as, as a player and as a person. Um, they describe you as a, a very giving and thoughtful teammate, even at the tender age of uh, 22. Where, where does this all come from? Is that how you were raised? Is that uh, just who you are as a person? Uh, how, how easy is it to be that, that giving and... Uh, and caring teammate? I mean, I love my teammates a ton, and I definitely give all the credit to my mom and how how my makeup is. She did, she was instrumental in everything that I am and everything I've become, and I don't know, it's just you spend so much time with the guys, and I really like to build relationships and really, I don't know, really mean more to people than just just baseball because baseball is a part of your life it's not your whole life so that's kind of the big the big model i go by brendan you have to clear this up so your whole life did that include being around llamas and goats and some acreage in in arizona and and what did that exposure to to the outdoors do for you and it sounds like it kept you very busy growing up (laughs) um yeah, we had a little land. My mom's a big animal lover, so we definitely had some animals growing up. We do have a llama and alpaca, some goats, some dogs right now. I've had just about every animal, but it's, it, it was it was fun. It was like a petting zoo growing up. I can't ask for much more as a kid. <laughs> that, that, that in itself sounds like a, a good way to grow up. Brennan Davis, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse for a few more minutes today. And uh, Brennan, uh, how do you look at the progress that you've made and what type of patience or uh, anticipation uh, do you have going forward as to when your major league clock is going to start? I mean, I look back at some of uh, some of my swings from high school or my first year of pro ball and they're absolutely horrid. So. I think I've made some really good strides and <laughs> progress throughout my baseball development. And I've had, I've been really fortunate to have some really good people on my side that have helped me through this process. So I think moving forward, I, I mean, I, I don't want to rush anything. I know the Cubs have my best interests in mind and everything like that. And I just, I'm trying to enjoy the process, enjoy the journey because I mean, you're going to take, you're going to look back and the biggest thing is going to be how you got there and all the sacrifices you made to to achieve your goals. And I don't know, like somebody said, you don't, you don't remember the good old days until you're in them. And these are the, these are the grind days. And these are the days I'm going to look back on and be like, wow, yeah, I, I did all that. Brendan, I believe you just celebrated your 22nd birthday. So uh, happy belated birthday. But when you look you. at the players that you admired growing up, maybe, you know, everyone in Chicago, everybody has watched you play, kind of always looking for comps. 
What player did you model yourself after, and what would be a, a favorable comp comparison to, to your style of play? Growing up, I definitely modeled my game after Lorenzo Cain and how he played the game. I thought he was, he was electric, great at defense, got the job done. Um, a current comp, I'm not exactly sure, but <laughs> still working on that one. Brennan, uh, when you look at the teammates coming up and you saw once you got to AAA, a, a lot of players had advanced uh, from double and AAA back up toward the major leagues last year. How, how, how much excitement is there in the minor leagues right now with the Cubs, knowing that if you put together a good season or two, uh, that you're, you're in the major leagues, there's a clear shot at going to the major leagues with the Cubs now that uh, Baez and Rizzo and Bryant have uh, been moved elsewhere. Uh, there are positions open for really good young players in the Cubs system. Definitely going to miss those superstars, but it, it is awesome being a minor leaguer in the Cubs organization, knowing that there's opportunity at the big league level. It's, it's awesome to see guys, like last year, get rewarded for all their hard work, guys that have been grinding for years and finally had an opportunity to step on a major league stage and and compete. So I think that's really cool, and I think that gives a like new life to to the minor leagues and the Cubs. That would be my sense, Brennan, and and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but as soon as that that process began in earnest at the end of July, and then we got into September. I'm sitting here back in Chicago saying, okay, where's Brennan Davis? Now when you can get, introduce him to the Major League Pitching and give him a little bit of a, a cameo here, were those conversations, were those thoughts going in your head? Did, did you entertain the same sort of idea, and, and was it a challenge to be patient when everything else was going on? Yes, yeah, so it was definitely a challenge because there's definitely the outside factors of all my friends and family seeing the trades going on too, and everybody has their own opinions and stuff like that. And like I said before, I know the Cubs wouldn't put me not in a position to succeed. And when my time is ready, I just want to be ready to succeed at the big league level. So when that time comes, I'll be ready. So we will be ready. And spring training is, is uh, right around the corner. It's, it's far enough away. You can still decompress. You can still continue <laughs> that process as you alluded to earlier. But if you had to articulate your goals for 2022, is it too early to to say what those are? Um, I haven't really thought about <laughs> my goals yet, but I would definitely, definitely a big league debut in there. Definitely some improvements in um, my strikeout numbers and my contact rate, some stuff like that. Definitely want to work on some some little some little tweaks in the outfield, route running, and clean up some areas, but. Those are just those are just surface goals, and I definitely dig deeper closer to the season. So maybe maybe check back in, and I'll give you a better idea. Well, that'd be great, and we we, we certainly will do that. Enjoy your time on the petting zoo back at home in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brendan, for your time this morning. All right, Brendan Davis. Thanks for having me. Cubs minor league player of the year, Bruce, and just a fine young man. You can hear. The uh, you can hear it in his voice. He's very self-aware. He's very humble. And as as you said, everyone that you talk to about Brendan Davis says the same thing. They don't lead with his skill set. They lead with his personality and how good of a teammate he has been. 
and what character he has and offers the Cubs moving forward. That's encouraging. Yeah, and, you know, he reminds me, back in uh, 94, the Cubs made uh, Doug Glanville their number one pick in the draft. And he reminds me, because of his sense of humor, intelligence, kind of just being centered at a very young age, that he makeup wise he reminds me an, an awful lot of Doug Glanville and, I, and we all know what a what a fine individual and a great baseball guy Doug is and uh, uh, you know I know that's a tough comp to put on somebody but uh, he 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 is that type of young man and I, I hope uh, I hope that he's able to uh, progress and have the type of career that people are hoping to map out for him it's a big challenge uh, I think by Maybe the end of next year. I don't, I don't think right away. I, I just don't think right away in April. I think by the end of next year, after he's had a couple months, at the very least, in AAA, where he shows he can compete, I think that's when the Cubs move him up. A lot of that depends on what they do in this offseason and who they acquire and what moves they make moving forward. And next week we have the free agency beginning. We have the general managers meeting in San Diego, outside of San Diego. And we also have a lot of speculation about what's next with the CBA. Nobody wants to talk about it, but everybody's concerned about it. We will address that next here inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Definitely something huge coming up here soon. Um, you know, there, we've been having tons of meetings, uh, Union MLB, uh, been working through things, you know, both sides, we want to get something done. Um, I, I, baseball to stop. That's not in. That's not what either side wants. Um, so, just got to continue to work through the negotiations um, and uh, you know find some common ground. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score that was Lucas Giolito, the White Sox player rep, talking the other day about what looms for Major League Baseball, what has been looming for months and years, Bruce. December 1st is the expiration of the collective bargaining agreement between Major League Baseball and the Players Union, and there's been some thought that they have made some progress, but there's some thought that they still have a long way to go. The major issues, revenue distribution, service time, free agency, competitive balance tax being limited, a minimum salary floor being installed, Where's this headed, Bruce, and how optimistic or pessimistic are you that an agreement is reached before we reach the end of this month? So let's give a little background first on that. You laid it out perfectly, David. Uh, as December 1st, there are no more, uh, there is no agreement between Major League Baseball players and ownership, meaning there is no, uh, there's no free agent activity, there's no trade activity, there is uh, nothing uh, in the way of any contract, uh, you know, ties between the two. Uh, there would be, unless there is an extension granted or asked for, there would be no winter meetings that start the previous uh, week where uh, baseball usually starts uh, with their the, the big, uh, you know, group of people getting together, all baseball people uh, that make trades and, free a- and sign free agents. The agents from the players show up. It'll be the first one in two years since we lost last year's with COVID. So this is a big deal. It's not just, it's not a date that, um, okay, fans can afford to not pay attention to. It, it's a big deal. And uh, by all indication, depending on who you talk to right now, I, I think that both sides realize they cannot afford to have any type of work stoppage 
for any particular type of time because the off season, David, is just as important, if not yep. more important, to baseball now than than the regular season. You have to get fans excited again about buying tickets for full seasons. You have to get fans excited again about going to ballparks uh, where COVID has uh, thankfully uh, lightened up. You have to sell your products uh, for your TV stations, your radio stations. You have to get people excited about it. If you have a long period of, of, of time where, where the only thing fans uh, and advertisers hear about is that we don't know if we're going to have baseball or not, I think these two sides are just too smart and savvy to let that happen now. Baseball fans' eyes will gloss over if they talk about you know lowering the uh, salary tax, competitive balance tax threshold, or, or to fifteen percent to one hundred eighty million dollars, or the minimum salary floor at one hundred million dollars. These are numbers hard to relate to, but Bruce, on the field, what are your expectations about the installation of a DH in the National League, and as well as expanding the playoff field back to the twenty twenty version? of a 14-team field, because those are two things we could see immediately affect how the fans watch the game, and those are on-field changes. Yeah, I, and and again, uh, the second one means more revenue, okay? Yep. It means a lot more revenue. So what? What? why haven't they done it up till now, except for that one abbreviated season, David? And that is because baseball season is 162 games. They've always put an, an awful lot on the fact that uh, a long season is earned, that your playoff spot is earned. You should have a higher playoff spot if you've earned it. As you look toward bringing in more revenues, you water down the meaning of the 162 games. You bring in more playoff, uh, more teams uh, that uh, can get into the playoffs. You see so many teams now that are wild cards that uh, come close, if not uh, all the way, to winning a championship. You see a team like Atlanta struggle for four months and not get over 500 and then turn on the gas and, and end up winning a World Series. So uh, that will happen because revenue stream is is key to both sides uh, getting a deal done and uh, and having more money for both sides. But, you know, at what cost is it? to baseball as far as winning your division and uh, the meaning of uh, that when you have an extra four to six teams in the playoffs. That would be, you know, that would be something really different. And uh, I don't know if it would be good or bad, but I think it's going to happen. The clock is ticking louder than ever for both sides as we get near the end of this month. And Bruce, the clock's ticking for us. We're out of time. Boy, that went fast. We had a great show today. Thank you. To Jim Callis, thank you to Brendan Davis, the Cubs Minor League Player of the Year. Thank you, Adam Studzinski, who is making us uh, make sure that we're on the air and, and doing a job in the uh, in the studio. Bruce, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for your contributions and for not yelling at me too loudly this week. Oh, that's great, David. You know, I'll try to make up for it next week. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write on our website at 670thescore.com. I will be in California for both Marquee Sports Network and The Score next week, so hopefully we'll have some news to report, David. Safe travels, Bruce. Grody and Rosenblum are next. Saturday suckage here on The Score. Thanks for listening. I'll be back on Mullingham Monday morning, Bears-Steelers Monday night. Thanks for listening here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.